Steve, are you going to interrupt me? Yes. Okay, because I'm already recording. PCP number 25, Mikey, Steve, Salvi. Nice. I'm running out of ideas for cold open. Sunday, but November 4th. trick. Yeah. Look at that. You see? We're finally getting a, a, above his tricks. <laughs> well, because I have... Look, I've had a long day already. <laughs> You've had a long morning. I've been... I was venting here earlier. There were a lot of expletives. Oh, my God. I'm just, like, grumpy, and I'm not focused on it right now, so... He's a game grump, one might say. <sighs> Do it. <laughs> well, you have to. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to the Party Chat People's Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve, joined by Savi and Mikey. And we're going to talk about some video game things. Wait, that was my line. Well, you, you couldn't do you it, so he had to do it, it for you. <laughs> anyway, going through the rundown. We now my laptop's not charging. How could this day get any worse? You could get shot. I God, I hope so. By the no, police. You don't. don't. <laughs> anyway, well, guys, we are going to get started with some more talk about Red, Redem- Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, we're going to do a quick news story on Steam reaching 90 million monthly active subscribers. That's users. a lot of money. Active users. People don't subscribe to Steam. Yeah, users. It's that's not a subscription that's a of, service. That's a lot of money. Um, I finally Someone clearly got has into, never owned a PC. <laughs> I, I, I finally got into Into the Breach and checked out some Owlboy. And Steve, um, he's probably the only one that's playing games. He's been playing Red Dead 2. Picking up all the slack. Golf Story, Human Resource Machine, and Forza Horizon 4. So we're yeah. going to be asking you a lot of questions, it seems. Don't Should worry, I have some good stories, too. Excellent, excellent. Well, let's Also, not- I put the special topic as R2-D2. Because RDR, you couldn't help yourself. Yeah, yeah, and you know. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go get another beer. Well, let's get let's get right back into it with some R2D2, also known as Red Dead Redemption 2. So and, funny um, story, Zabi's he's over there. He's not at the mic right now, but I could tell you that he picked up Red Dead after all those shenanigans with fuck I Red Dead. Yeah, no, he did say he was. He going said to. down the line, he did not say within a week. <laughs> so yeah. So off the Do bat, I have to full explain disclosure. Myself? No, you I don't. Have, I have not played. You don't. Much I, of it. It's easier to give you shit. Yeah. I know it is. I have so not played me, much I'm, of it this no, week. I'm gonna explain myself. No, no, no. I'm just, <laughs> I, I have not played much of it this week. I'm gonna try and get into it this week. Red I played Dead for me a is good a amount. Very specific game, and I just was not in the proper headspace for it. I think so I found some comfort. That's how I felt. Yeah. So um, my days have been hectic and long lately. So coming home to play Red Dead and it's very deliberate pace. Yeah. And and very, you know, sl- like it slows down. Right? <sighs> it's a slower pace for you, whether you're doing the side missions, whether you're doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts have changed on it from last week. Oh. I do like the game. Okay. The story is stupid still. Oh. The acting is very good, which is what we were discussing earlier, Zavi. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just come around to the game as a whole. I think I just needed to be in that more like, oh, it's not a fast-paced cowboy shoot 'em up thing. Yeah, it is. It is a cowboy lifestyle simulator, yeah. outlaw lifestyle simulator. Yeah, more in that vein. If yeah. you I lean guess. towards that, because yeah. I was chopping wood in the camp, I was moving bales of hay. <laughs> Robin Banks. This is straight up Shenmue. You have a job to make money. Robin Banks. Red Dead Shenmue. Helping strangers. 
you know, all the stuff an outlaw does in his free time. Sure. Yeah. Accurate depiction. I know. So, <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to briefly jump into why I bought this game. I went back and forth. Do tell. I went back and forth in my mind about it. I read a lot of coverage, and I was like, this game is interesting. So I was like, I've done this before where I pick up games because they're interesting, and they've definitely let me down before. This is probably going to turn out to be the case here, but... But I decided, you know what? Like, I have an evening that like is free, and I could use this. So I bought it the next day and let it download because obviously, ninety something gigs or whatever the hell it is takes forever to download. Um, and yeah, and I sat down. I was excited. Like, all right, let's let's get into this. And I was, I did get a lot of what I was expecting and hoping for, which is mostly production values. This game is impressive. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a little bit difficult to pin down why it's impressive. Uh, it's It kind of just has to do with minutiae, like, mm. so much of the details. I don't think it's that hard. It, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, but there are, it's, it's, it's beautiful, it's and, so was, and so was Breath of the Wild, and so was Horizon, and so was Far Cry 5, and so was Metal Gear Solid 5. But I mean, immediately when you put in those games, I think we all... Breath of the Wild is beautiful. They did the pan of the world, and you see the way you know these characters are rendered, and you're just like, "Whoa!" I don't think Red Dead is that much more technically impressive or beautiful than those other games. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think that it does do certain things to create very uh, immersive moments that do feel different and distinct from those other games. I don't think that they're better. I do. I think that it's a distinct feeling that only a triple-A game could do. And so that is cool and worth it and, and impressive, and I give them kudos to that. There's no game here. This is where I'm going to get a little bit elitist. I don't... I, I, I genuinely... Like, don't get me wrong. If you didn't play games your entire life or whatever, like somebody's shooting segments and things like that might be challenging and so on, but considering that most of the praise that we've been exposed to and most of the you know the zeitgeist around gaming is like these are people who play games all the time mm-hmm. the game here is is very passable like this is the most elaborate walking simulator in my mind of all time because <laughs> and by which i mean you really go through motions there's no there's no threat to me when i play this game there's no challenge of like Certainly not the gunplay. There's no systems mastery that's particularly interesting or challenging. I'd say there's a threat. There's you a think? threat of accidentally hitting people with your horse. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. The threat. And then, but that's the game. It's and the that's game. accidentally tripping over the systems, and then everyone yeah. goes, "Oh, wanted, wanted." Like, yeah, and that now, does happen. I, I found it highly, highly, highly annoying. Of like, and I just... think that's why it's been like sort of a stress relief game for me, mm-hmm. is because yeah. it's such a deliberately slow pace, and there's no challenge. It's like, oh, I can go here. Right. And and so so I don't want to knock on this game be, the same way I wouldn't knock on something like Gone Home and other kinds of games that are just relaxing little like journeys through a world and whatnot. That's cool. I just think that it's extremely unfocused. And I, I like it's I think it's I can't think of a game that has missed a mark as far as the ratio of like depth to complexity, by which I mean uh, there's a distinction that extra credits has an excellent video where they make this distinction where complexity is is just the actual surface area of all of the systems in the game, all of the different like things that are in play. 
And in Red Dead, you have the cores, and you have money, and you have uh, donating to your to your camp, and you have the horses with all of their complexity. All this complexity is here. Whereas depth is the actual uh, tactical choice and the actual significance that you're facing down moment by moment in the game. So, for example, to contrast, Into the Breach and FTL, for that matter, are both amazing games in terms of how much depth they get out of relatively little complexity. Red Dead is so complex, and most of it doesn't matter. Most of it doesn't fucking matter. There's all this stuff about, oh, I I killed this animal, so now I get the meat, and then now when I'm at a campfire, I get to make this food so that I can restore my cores, but none of it matters because I've never, so far, and admittedly, you know, first handful of hours, Mm -hmm. uh, none of it so far has been remotely threatening. And from what I've heard, I don't expect it to get much more difficult or interesting. It's just there to create a sense of immersion, and that's not... Um, that's not bad, mm-hmm. but I think that what what confuses me about the coverage this game has gotten is that I think that gamers are usually able to pierce this veneer a little bit more clearly and just be like, oh yeah, those systems, they're not really all that interesting at the end of the day. So well, how word, far are you? Just how far? Um, what's the last thing I did? So I have a couple story missions opened up to me, which I've already hit that point where I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Um, the last thing I did was a mission where I collected debts for, uh, Herr Strauss. Yeah. Strauss. Yeah. Um, I and am... then was able to upgrade my camp a little bit as a result of doing that mission. Uh-huh. So I don't know. That's gotta be like maybe seven or eight hours in or something like I that. I am 30% into the story because when you save, it tells you your percentage done. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you one word Zavi used that I latched onto is unfocused. That's what this feels like. Mm. It feels like a lot of different things happening. And then there is sort of a main story there, but I don't really see the progression in it right now. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and that's something I never... I never have expectations for a story from yeah. Rockstar. Yeah. I'm never like, Mainly oh, man, they don't really this is going to tell anything. a great story and I'm going to feel emotions. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm I think not, they think that they're telling a great I am story. Not yeah. attached that's part to of the thing that makes me on. laugh. Do you know what I'm attached to? The stuff I'm doing for fun in the game. Mm. Yeah. That's what I'm attached to. I enjoyed to. playing dominoes. Yeah. <laughs> playing dominoes, fishing, hunting. Yeah. Robbing banks. Yeah. Yeah. I found extorting the, shopkeepers. The most, ex- <laughs> like the most interesting experience I've been hearing, like, you know, in media is like people just sort of leaving the camp and like going out into the woods for a night and like mm. not showering, not doing anything, hunting your own meat, killing it at camp and just sort of staying out there and like surviving a night. And I, I feel like, for a lot of people who are who especially who are into like Breath of the Wild and those more open world like create your own adventures and stories, I feel like you, the type of gamer you are, Zavi, like you don't seem like a direct a person that like directed gaming. Like I definitely am that person, but you love systems levels and and I I, I challenge you once you get a little bit more into the game, do that because I've definitely heard people say like, yeah, I left the camp, went out into the mountains, hunted the bear, cooked the meat. Just was there, bathed in the in the river, put my horse through, didn't come back for like three days. It was great. That sounds cool. The the trouble I have with that, and, and I may do that and I may enjoy that, but the thing that I that I want to say is I don't give the game credit per I don't give the game as much credit for that sort of thing, at least from my experience and the few hours that I've played, because it doesn't direct you towards that. That's, That's you true. it's a sandbox. And 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 I don't want to poo-poo sandboxes. 
because Minecraft is obviously incredibly influential and amazing and so on. But I do want to be clear about something that um, I think the video game media has failed to, to categorize this game adequately. Like, they've talked about, like, in, in a lot of reviews, they're like, oh, it's so pretty and blah, blah, blah. But, like, no one's just been like, the gameplay is not, it's it's serviceable. But, mm. yeah, I just feel like this game was was misrepresented in, in certain ways that annoy me. Well, one complaint I, I could, um, um, we haven't really said on here, but it was funny, it was a complaint that Giant Bomb had for Spider-Man. And I didn't really have that. I understood what I was like when, you know, they had said on the podcast, it's like, oh, you know what? I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. In Red Dead, I'm finding it to be a bigger deal. So in Spider-Man, they have, like, I guess as games get more complex, but they want to keep it cinematic and simple, they have, like, these nested controls. So, like, Triangle does, like, everything. Like, like even though Triangle's sure. punch, it's always interact with that, and it's talk to Mary Jane, and it's talk to that. And Cont- I feel contextual like... Contextual actions. Re- yeah, yeah, con- yeah. But but I feel... But also, it's sort of, like, nested as well, because with Red Dead, L2 is everything. L2 draws your gun. L2 talks to people. I had that happen. If, if you're by the stagecoach, and you... It's just like, wait a second, no, I didn't want to do this. And it's just sort of like... Yeah. It wasn't there. I'm I'm finding that... It the most itself. difficult, it the most difficult parts itself. of the it's games true. is the controls and remembering. That's what interesting. They are. Yeah, I've, I had I've a, heard on multiple podcasts people like taking pictures of the controls or having the app open. Jesus of just Christ. like that's absurd. like it's just like I can't. So I had that a funny the moment. I have with this game is that it trips over itself, and it that's does. where the challenge is for me because yeah. it's unfocused. That's right. actually those two things. Those two critiques actually overlap quite a bit. And right. I found I had a moment yeah. where I where I pressed R two while I was in town. And I like almost did it like just purely accidentally, right? Yeah. Like I don't even know why I pressed it, but I just think it's a little bit amusing slash absurd that pressing R two led to my character just like firing his gun in the middle of the crowd, not hitting anyone, just firing his gun in the middle of the crowd, which played like like immediately I pressed L one to put my gun away, which played a little silly voice sample. Which again, production values are impressive. They actually recorded this voice sample where he just goes like, oh, "I was just messing with you guys," or like something like that. He says out loud. Yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, that led to a wanted thing where it was like, "Oh, the cops are coming yeah. to investigate." So I was like, "Fuck!" I got on my host and I like yeah. ran away. Yeah. Uh, and then just came back like five minutes later when everyone forgot about it, which yeah. which just feels dumb. It, like it. It's for how impressive it is. The seams when they actually start tearing apart feel all the more ridiculous. Yeah, mistakes are punitive. It's just like this is not school. <laughs> it sort of feels like, and I, I think, and a lot of people have says like, "Oh, you're too early. You're too early. Just give the game like you know ten minutes." It's just like, well, I'm getting a wanted sign. I have to run out of town. People are like, "Oh, what did you do?" And I was like, "It was just an accident." Then the L two, you can't press L two and just be like. Hey, I'm sorry. It's a grayed out. Like if you make a mistake, it's very picky. It's iffy when oh, you, you know want, funny when you when it wants to say like, oh, you know, I'm leaving or oh, I'm sorry. It's just like why can't it just be there just to be like, oops, I made a mistake. If they know they can see like maybe that'll be a patch because like maybe. I think a lot of people are complaining about like okay, literally I tapped this person. Why'd you hit me? I'm gonna call the cops. On. It's just like what. Like I nicked you with my horse. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's a c- controls are difficult, and what the the ultimate goal of controls is to actually translate player intent into like character action, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that to some degree, the fact that this is still f- I, I don't want to say fundamentally, but um, a lot of the controls show this. This is still a shooter. Yeah. On some level. 
like it betrays a lot of these other contexts that you can play the game in when you're just strolling through town and so on. I had a situation where I bumped into a dude, tried to select him using L2, wound up drawing my gun. He drew his gun. He started firing. I ran away because I was like, fuck. Then the police shot him down. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then I just strolled back into town because they never identified me. Uh, that was kind of amusing and cool. But like this game clearly doesn't. This game is actually striving, to its credit, because this is fucking difficult, it's not striving to be, um, what do you call it, uh, Saints Row or, or uh, Crackdown. It's not striving to be a silly sandbox. It's yeah. striving to be a serious, a serious realistic sandbox. A and representation those, of that time. Yeah, and those moments when it fails are kind of ridiculous. Jarring. That's not and, to and, say... and, to, and, and, and to put a little bit of contrast here, Origins did this well. I never fucked up in Origins, Assassin's Creed Origins, as far as feeling like I'm part of this town. I never, you well, know. The intera- well, I, well, that's what you're going, sort of going around in a circle in a sense of like comparing the interactions of Origins, like the level of interactions you have to Red Dead is a little bit. That's you, not, you can that's not you can say, talk to everyone. It's in apples and oranges. That's it's not apples to say and oranges. I don't like this game. I like this game. <laughs> yeah. I'm having fun with it, and I'm having fun with it, and at my pace. Yeah. I am not paying attention to the story. I'm doing what I want to do within the game. I'm just going through the motions of the story so, to get to the better stuff. I've enjoyed it, let's be clear. Uh, but I've mostly enjoyed it as a function of me keeping my expectations in check yeah. and just being like, this is impressive. This but, is this is really beautiful for sure. The animations are fantastic. The feeling I get, even despite the fact that I'm aware that these systems are kind of shallow, or at least so far are pretty shallow, I'm still enjoying like these emergent moments of just being like, I don't think they're oh, shallow. Shit, I just think they're tedium. Like I like, mean, shallow in the sense that I never feel like any of these things serve one another. I just feel like they're interesting vignettes. Mm. So like. Killing that animal never led to a moment where I'm like in a gun battle and I'm like, oh man, I'm glad I killed that animal that had prime meat or something like that. Where, and, and by contrast, Breath of the Wild and, and Horizon, uh, th- those two games in particular absolutely have those moments where you're like, holy shit, if I didn't hunt and stock up on X, then Y would have kicked my ass. Mm. And, and, and that's, you know, this game's not interested in doing that, I don't think. But I've never been, and I said this last week, I'm not, I've never been that... Um, Invested in Rockstar stories, mm. you know the whole point. Yeah, is, is they do a, they do a fun open world where you can do sort of what you want. I'm interested in pivoting a bit more about the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't like it. <laughs> I so, don't. I don't. There's nothing there that has me invested. So I not can't only, really tell you anything about it. Not that I'm early, but I, like you, I will use the vignettes example as far as the story goes because yeah. everything sort of seems self-contained, and I think. I, I was listening around, and they said basically the Dutch missions are sort of the the, the, the story missions that sort of pull it forward. Uh-huh. Everything else is sort of like, oh, well, here's another hunting mission. I'll talk to you, Jose, about hunting, and like maybe we'll get general side information on like Dutch and how you feel and what we're doing, but nothing is really driving that story forward. So like, now I need, like, um, what's her name, Black Betty? Or Black the first, Betty, yeah. yeah, the first of the... Um, Rebels that you, you go looking for is just like, oh, this is a nice little story. I can't wait to meet like the others that we run into. But what effect does it have on the overall story? And I don't right. see it yet. Um, I want to talk about something that that bothered me, but it's also a spoiler. So I don't know if you guys care. Uh, no, I don't. Spoiler I don't. I don't. Spoiler okay. warning for the listeners. Spoiler. Spoiler warning. 
So there's a town, this first town you start in by, what is that, Valentine? Yeah. yeah. Right? So eventually something happens where the guy you robbed the train, yeah, Leviticus Cornwall, uh-huh. you get run out of town because the law is looking for you, so the camp's no longer safe, Cornwall's looking for you, so they decide to move camp. Uh-huh. So now you're in a place where like, oh, we, can, we can't go back to Valentine because we're wanted there and we want to keep everybody safe. So we move camps, we move to another part of the area, and in that area, Dutch wants you to lie low and, and keep everything like, hey, don't use guns, don't, don't bring any attention to us. But one of the missions you unlock in that area is to go back to Valentine, rob a bank, and bring the money back, <laughs> which is not lying low. <laughs> and then you go rob the bank, and the law show up, and you have a shootout with the law, and then you escape. And then when you get back to, to town, Dutch is like, good job with the bank job. You guys did great. I'm like, what is happening? Where do you that's, want us to that's fall? A, that's a great. That's a great. What I I don't like. I was I was upset. Yeah, because you're like, wait, <laughs> you literally just said lie low I was like, and then go rob a so bank. So what happens? I guess there's a border here, and in the border, he wants you to lie low. But like in Valentine, since everybody knows you already, you can just do whatever you want. I don't get it. Where where do we draw the line? <laughs> so I. Uh, I'm not surprised because something that I picked up on fairly early on is this is absolutely victim to a lot of rock star writing. I think the, the closest they got to doing it well was L.A. Noir, mm-hmm. and part of that might have just been the length of the game. Yeah, uh, they really think that their that their characters are like more interesting than I, than I think anyone else does. Like Dutch is not that interesting. Dutch is not interesting. He, he, people like, and, and, and this is the part, this is part of that disconnect I'm talking about as far as the reviews I've read and how some other people have been re- presenting the game. They're like, oh, Dutch is like this interesting character. And like, I looked at him for like, at like an hour into the game. And I'm just like, you're a cult leader. I don't like you. Like, I get it. And the, every opportunity in camp that I've had, I've chosen to an- antagonize him instead of like greeting him. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because all the antagonizing stuff is like, like legit burns on him where it's just like, you know, Dutch, you could like help out too. Like, you know, there's a lot of work to be done around the camp. Why? Like, like, and he's just like, why are you giving me shit, man? And I'm just like, cause you, like in my mind, in my mind while I'm playing the game, I'm like, cause you're a cult leader and all you're doing is extracting our labor and like promising us the future and blah, 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 blah. And then, and then the next mission comes around and naturally because it's a written character, uh, Arthur is just like, oh, well, you know, Dutch has never steered us wrong. Da, da, da. And I'm so just here's like, something funny no, to man. count out on like, the cult leader thing. Um, in the donation box, I don't know if you got to the ledger yet, where the yeah. ledger's right next to the box. Yeah, just did one it. of the upgrades is, uh, his of, is, fucking... is Dutch's tent, right? And that's what gets people to contribute more to the donation box. Uh-huh. Yep. So, like, it, it goes to your cult leader thing, right? It's so, actively like the game's aware of it. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but I do think that uh, in a lot of the, uh, at least people's writing about the game, which to be fair, let me try to separate the the my my critique of the critiques of the game versus the game itself. The game, I think, itself is actually being fairly straightforward with being like, yeah, this dude's kind of just like an un- yeah. unreliable yeah. leader of this yeah. group. Whereas Arthur, I think the role-playing thing is a legit critique of the game where like it has this role-playing thing where I get to antagonize Dutch, but then during the missions, I don't get to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, the, but actually, my, my bigger problem with the, with the story and the world is I really don't like the disconnect of like trying to... Um, sympathize with Arthur 
and trying to sympathize with this group when what you go out there and do is obviously deplorable. You, you like you're, wanna, you're robbing wanna, bags. You're doing all these things. Like I it, have, it really feels like it's swept under the rug in a way. I have an example where of that. other GTA games haven't done that, mm-hmm. and especially considering the last mission that I did was the one where you're collecting the debt from from the the like dude that's who what, barely speaks English. No, there's actually another one that I want to okay. talk to you about. So, so very quickly, when I was doing that mission, that was just gross. I didn't want to do that shit. And it was just like, I, I'm tired of games being like, oh, man, like we're really like operating in a moral gray area by making you do dickhead things. Be like, no, I don't want to do this to progress the story. You're not actually telling me anything nuanced or interesting. And not to not to like like I'm being counter to your, to your point from, from last week, Mikey, as far as this game being anti-capitalist, I don't know if this game is actually anti-capitalist so much as it just looks at certain shitty things and just goes like, oh man, we're going to make you do a shitty thing. So mm-hmm. for so, one of the debts that you yeah. have to collect, you got to go to this guy. He's like a farmer. He has a wife and a kid, right? And you beat him up. You beat him up for the money. You remember, I don't know if you remember this one. You go to his, like, he's like, I don't think I did that farm. one. Yeah. So he's working in the little farm and you beat him up and he doesn't have the money. And you're like, well, get me the money and you leave. So I just finished another mission, and the second part of that mission is to go back to that farm and get the money. The husband's dead. They're moving out of the house, the wife and the son, and Arthur just still rolls up like, you got the money? And then he looks at the kid, and the kid gives him attitude, and he's like, don't give me attitude. I'll beat the shit out of you, basically. (laughs) How old uh, is the kid? He's probably like teenage. Oh, okay. Like like adultish (laughs) teenager. Sure. And then... uh, like, no remorse, no nothing. The lady's got to leave her house, leaving everything behind. She has no money. Yeah. And Arthur's still just like, you got the money? She gives him the money. She's like, he's like, thank you for your patronage. And then just leaves. Jesus Like, how, how am I supposed to sympathize with this guy when he still goes and does this? That's irritating. That's where this, this he's like two characters in one, and they didn't know which one they wanted to lean towards. I don't like it. So, so to, to be a little bit more precise when I'm talking about how this is not anti-capitalist, like, and... and, and that's that's your word, so let's not like stick yeah. to it too harsh. I mean, the um, over the overarching overarching theme is like, about like the government yeah. encroaching on them. Yeah. So here's the thing, and this this kind of goes in line with Dutch being a, a you know a full of shit cult leader. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I, I I've only played a little bit. I don't know how self aware the game is of this. But so far, it's failing pretty hard because. It has this whole thing of like, oh, man, the government and the law, they're really encroaching on our freedoms and da 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 and we really want to be outside of the system and we want to go west. Meanwhile, the way that you're going to do that is by literally enforcing the system by beating the shit out of people who owe debts to the system. Right. Like, that's, like, I get it. Arthur's not that smart. But, like, I, I, I'm not going to turn my brain off when I play this game. Like... And, and I think and that's I, what they want you to I do. I do. I do. I think that they think that it's so important that they tell they want this you character's along for the ride. story. Yeah, they want you along for the ride. And it's just like, the, I, I can't empathize and I can't get involved with a game. Like, if this was a movie, it'd be a different story, what, what which they, is actually fascinating. I think what they want you to do is they want you riding down the trail just going, I am the protagonist regardless of what happens. Yeah, and, mm. and, and this is fascinating because I do think it's a stark difference between a TV show and, and, a, and a game or, yeah. or a movie and a game. If this was a TV show, if this was a movie, I would more be able to just be like, oh, wow, like these poor souls, blah, blah, blah. This is so sad what's happening to them. They, they don't realize what's going on, how they're being abused by Dutch and so on and so forth. But instead, I'm playing this game and there's a certain suspicion of disbelief where I'm supposed to just go along with it. And I'm just like, no, man, like, you know, just no, you do not. 
get it's like so every time they do this whole thing where it's like you grab the guy like what I did with the dude who, who didn't speak English and it has the button there which like you can you can press the threaten button or the beat them button and I'm like I'm not gonna fucking beat them like this isn't an interesting choice mm. and I think they think that it is so um, it's frustrating to me it is frustrating and it, what's funny is uh, you were in party chat with me when I was talking to Mario about the game and how I said I didn't like it. Maybe yeah. were you there? And he was just like, "What do you mean you don't like it? There's so much to do. This uh, like, it's telling, like." And then Carlos did a post also I'm calling you guys out. Um, Carlos did a post where he, <laughs> on Instagram where he beat the story and he was like, "Oh, the story had me along for the ride. It was emotional twist and turn. There were oh my god moments." And I'm like, "Are we playing the same game? <laughs> Are we? Uh, or am I just like miserable? <laughs> you might be and miserable. like cynical and jaded. Like, is that me now?" No, I don't think so. I'm. I think um because those the only opinions I've heard that are negative about this game is the ones we have here. And no, 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 no. Bomb granted, has been granted, very critical. I haven't, I haven't read too much. Yeah, I've I've been listening. Everyone around stuff. me in my immediate circle of friends is like, yeah. "This is the greatest thing ever," and mm. I'm like, "Where? <laughs> where does it get that point? Like, how far yeah. do I have to get? Is this like a Final Fantasy 13 situation <laughs> where they were like, once you're 20 hours in, it gets yeah, fun? Minimum, there's definitely some vegetables yeah. to be eaten in this game. Like, but yeah. where? where well, does I mean, it get I've, fun? I've I don't have so many opinions on the story as far as because I haven't gotten so far. I'm just saying I'm. I'm getting these, I... these vignettes of sort of like, I can't really tell you what the overarching story is. I've enjoyed the little vignettes that I have of like spending I'm not time. Gonna I'm not going to be able to tell you yeah. why I dislike the story anymore because I've stopped paying attention. <laughs> I do the mission on the story to get through it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually have already started thinking of the stories as like, okay, let me unlock the next system, which, which will hopefully be right. intriguing and yes. and, mm-hmm. and will add a new dimension. So I like I did the I did the collecting, and I was happy that now I had the little ledger to upgrade parts of the camp because I right. enjoyed that kind of progression stuff. Um, but I really didn't like it going through that mission, mm-hmm. and that might continue with the story missions. But uh, it's just the thing that. The thing that I've um, that that has particularly annoyed me about the criticism of the game is that I think there's a having your cake and eating it too thing where people are saying like they they are focusing on like the critiques of it or whatever, but you're still seeing nines everywhere. And then here's the, here's and, the other and, thing. and 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 we can talk about how like numbers suck anyway for reviews, yeah. but like this game is being touted as like a game of the year candidate. Yeah, and it is very when far from very that for far, me. Be, especially in a year where we had God of War. Right, and we had Spider Man, mm-hmm. two very, very, um, like amazing games. Both absolutely better experiences. Both than this was kept so me invested throughout the whole game, yeah. and nothing made me feel like it was tedious. Uh-huh. Yeah, the the farther I move away from Spider Man, the more I really miss it. Enjoy and yeah, yeah. It was a very endearing. Yeah, I mean, as much as I enjoyed was, you guys was, ganging up on me, like <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of it. There was yeah, there was a lot of care and love put into that game. Yeah, to make it fun and and and, and there's a lot of care and love put into Red Dead, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. an unfocused, triple A hit all of your bases kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the the lack of a difficulty slider is hilarious to me because because all it's of this, not difficult to begin with. It's not difficult to begin with, and all it's, of these mechanics arguably just, just need to it, be made harsher in yeah. order for it to be something that you're forced to pay attention to. It's, it's the to. standard GTA Rockstar open world system, right? Where right. you aim, you, you press R2 until your target locks onto something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you shoot the shot. You mean L2? 
L two, L two, yeah. yeah. Which I actually don't mind because oh, I turned that shit off. I I don't I, mind I it because I I, I, I don't feel like interacting with the Rockstar game that way. So like I do mm-hmm. the L two thing and whatever. It's so tiny. I'm just like, all right, shoot, 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 shoot whatever. Because yeah. the the in, like the encounters are never that interesting. So also, I did know? um. They have the currency thing in the game, you know, and like money is worth a lot less during that time. So yeah. like having a few hundred bucks makes you rich. Sure. Yeah. Right. So, but like having also a few tens of bucks makes you rich. Yeah. But you got to yeah. like spend that money on the camp. You got to spend it on supplies. You got to spend on this and that, buying whatever. Yep. Uh, so I just did the mission where I robbed the bank. Now I have $3,000. Jesus. <laughs> just a mission I did midway through the game. Not even midway through the game. So they break their own economy. Basically. Now okay. I have $3,000 to do with whatever I want. That's. You know what, though? I, I actually look forward to hitting that moment myself because that actually sounds interesting. In the sense of, yeah, when you rob a bank, you have more money yeah. than, you can, than you know what to yeah. do with, necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's actually kind of uh, yeah, intriguing. Just, no, it feels like actually, there's no consequence for it. Right, right. Because right. you, oh, because he said, say, lay low. You because he it. said lay low Co- and then crossed yeah. this imaginary border. I'm my, free. My bounty didn't go up. Right. So, <laughs> like, so, nothing happened, as far as I can tell. Nothing happened to the point where they're like, oh, well, we got all this money, but now we've got to deal with this. Yeah. Dutch is just like, good job. Yeah. That, that's he, that's he an like upsetting level of internal night. inconsistency. Yeah. So. so let's never talk about Red Dead ever again, except, of course, we will. Um, because we'll, we'll I will say that I'm similarly interested in the online mode. You talked about how you don't care too much about the single player and you love GTA that online. Where, and I think what I'm coming to find is that with online, uh, not online, um, Sandbox games, uh-huh. I prefer having someone to play with yeah. in an online setting so, because I think that leads to more exciting stories, sure. silly things happening, and sure. just overall fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually am not someone who prefers to do their sandboxes with other people because uh, people suck. No, not how because about, people suck. About, because, because I prefer more focused I think it stuff de- over also sandboxes it depend, generally. It depends on how. I think inter- it depends on how, uh, like, the consequences of somebody else somebody else interacting with your sandbox. Sure. I think that's also a huge factor. Yeah. Because you can absolutely. have sandboxes that are instant and like, oh well nothing happened. Or you can have sandboxes. And you have like, sandboxes um, like Rust and other do, places where yeah. everyone ruins your experience. Exactly. Because you're I, a newbie. I do find that now I'm I, I want a more focused story and just like, you know, condense down into Yeah. Even to a point where like linear games, I'm okay with them now. Yeah. You know, like tell me a tell me a good story. Tell, give me yeah. something engaging. Don't give me. I think this we gave two great examples, like God of War and Spider Man. They uh-huh. definitely had their side contact, but like, but they were the, the initial. Yep. The story was ve- extremely focused, right? And yep. you could engage in the side stuff if you wanted, or you couldn't. I mean, God of War is not an open it's world not game. An open world, and and Spider Man freedom to move around, but Spider Man. I honestly feels more like a God of War, despite having a more traditional open world yeah. that you can go in. But you know what it is? It's not too big either. They didn't go. It's that's not part too of it. big. That's part and of it. like also the, the the types, the side activities are just enough. Yeah, yeah. They, they take five ten minutes yeah, a lot of times. Just you know, it does feel like a side activity. Yeah, yeah, you know? just enough. Anyways, um, I, yeah. I I the, the, what I wanted to say was that with all of the difficulty issues, like where the, there's there's a lot of complexity, but I don't feel like they're really getting much depth out of them. Mm-hmm. That could could be fixed by throwing it into an online arena with other players competing for robberies, that kind of shit. Maybe I will give I'm you hopeful when I talk about Forza Horizon Four. I'll give you an idea of why I think open world is more on, or more fun with friends. Yeah, sure. So. I wanted I also, I wanted to close this out just one quick thing, just just personally with me of like I. I so like I've turned on Red Dead a couple of times this week and I just like 
uh, I'm not in the headspace. I'm not in the headspace. But I don't know if you guys remember. I'm just like, I don't know if maybe maybe my tasting games are changing or maybe I'm just in a smaller bite-sized mood. But like, remember the same thing happened with Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with Odyssey. Although I think a function of Odyssey is really like just the the tedium of those of the experience system. Sure. Because I've still been listening. I was like, oh, I, I haven't had a problem. I've been doing all this stuff. And I was like, but I didn't want to gauge in all that side bullshit. I kind of wanted to see the, the story of Assassin's Creed was always interesting to me. The, the overarching like future yes. story and stuff. Yes. And like, I was never super, super interested in the time period story. But um, it gets to that further. And like I said, the tedium of leveling up. And then this, let me, and then this one, I feel like I'm sort of getting that again of like, I need to wade through so much in order to like feel something or get somewhere. And like, yeah. I don't know if I'm just in a, sl- like a, not in the moment. So hopefully I grow out of it or maybe my tastes are changing or something. I think you know, you know what Designers I, I need to wanna, be slightly more humble. I just want to say on the Assassin's Creed front, the only thing I liked about the time period stuff is when they told this, like an alternative story of how a big event in history happened. Yeah. That's what I liked about the time period yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. that's about it. Well, I like, I like feeling like I'm actually getting a taste for what, that world may have actually been like. Yeah. And generally, I think that the Assassin's Creed series has pretty good historical consulting, so yay. Uh, If you ignore all the Apple of Eden shit. (laughs) Yeah. But um, no, what I wanted to say about Red Dead was um, I think to some degree, designers, when it comes to maybe Assassin's Creed, maybe it comes to the other thing. Actually, no, I'm not going to put it on designers' feet now that I think about it. It has more, it's bigger than that. It has to do with the structure of AAA and the fact that they really are trying to get everyone to be, you know, spending hundreds of hours in their live service post monetization thing. Like, these games might have some decent stories to tell if you diluted them. But no, we need to make it AAA. We need to hit as many customers as possible. We need to kind of have as much content as possible. We're still obsessed with how many hours it takes for something to, pl- to yeah. complete as though that's a good thing. Remember and when Spider-Man came up? How many hours did it? How many? I was just yeah, like... Yeah, it's just a stupid thing that we yeah. need to let go of. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm it, pretty is bored it good? of it. I think, I think it shows it. our... Mer- we, all, we also have to remember, like, even though I wouldn't say that we, we, were, the, we were the first generation of gamers, but I'd fully, fully say that we we're the second generation First of generation of mainstream gamers. Well, I think because that mainstream we, popularity of gaming we, is where, we all what we basically were born when the NES came out, right? Right. But now games so, are, are are a mainstream product. I was gonna, what I'm saying, yeah. what I'm saying like is that we saw the rise of it becoming yeah, we, you know, the meteoric we, rise. We've been, yeah. where, yeah, like, we've been the living charts, through it. Exactly. So I you know? feel like in a sense we we can only we'd have to look back 20 20 years in the future and look back and just say like hey we've been living through this we've been living through the rise of gaming yeah like in in a certain respect our context is always going to be different you know we, we can't we can't speak that way about movies like we weren't around when movies were com- were, were first coming out sure. like the silent era the yeah, black and yeah. white era now we can only speak about modern films and even i was thinking about this recently going back and like oh what's the best movie of all citizen kane i've seen citizen kane and as a kid of the 90s is citizen kane the best movie of all time no no it's a great movie <laughs> there's ton- there's tons of things that have come Afterwards, there's, there's evolutions of storytelling, yeah. evolutions of technology, like yeah. evolving technology, things that things that we can emote that we can't. What happens when in a film we can like do something in our brains and be like, well, well this is the emotional section and uh, 4D, 4D as a matter of fact, uh, you go to the theater and when it's raining, rumble, it's raining on you, water. you know, like I, I enjoyed it. When like I imagine a Citizen, Woman with that. Imagine a Citizen Kane had that when he was in, in the snow yeah. and the snow comes and like 
everyone put on your scullies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I will and say. feel like a child mode. Turn on feel like a child mode because he's back to when he was eight. <laughs> We're going to revert you to your infantile state. What I will say about that is that um, best, it, I think it's, and I've thought, I've, I've honestly felt this way since I was like in fucking high school. Like, I think the idea that there is like a canonical best is actually insulting. Mm. Everyone has their own personal best, mm-hmm. and there's a personal story behind that. You can talk about what might be the most historically significant, yes. You can talk about <laughs> what still holds up and is still playable today, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to go back to you know Red Dead for a second, um, and a lot of these AAA games like Assassin's Creed and all that, I think that the common thread that's going on here is they're holding on to like what I think is a little bit archaic. Uh, notions of like what must yeah. be in a game, yeah. and part of that That's is monetary, really but part of that, that is actually just cultural. Like, there's huge swaths of <laughs> gaming. Uh, of gamers who still give a shit about that stuff, even if they paid attention to their own gaming habits, they probably don't get the full squeeze out of all of their Rockstar games. Rockstar needs a Breath of the Wild moment, maybe because I, I was sitting here thinking, and 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 you know, one can make the case that yeah, until Breath of the Wild. That is the same case Nintendo has been making, this iterative design where things are generally just the same. Yeah. And I then, guess. um, That's and, true. and you can say like Breath of the Wild kind of broke that mold. Certainly. When you go them. back even to Red Deads and the old systems, and you just see this sort of narrative, this, this design flow over the years, which I say, like, like, of course, each company is going to have their signature design and like, oh, I know what I'm getting when I play an Insomniac game. I know what I'm getting when I'm playing a Rockstar game. Like, you know, there are these signature designs, but at what point did you say, hey, let's just stop putting more and more and more and more and more and making these things bigger and yeah. like, let's kind of slash things go a different direction. Sort of like, I think that's why people responded to Breath of the Wild the way they did because right. like, yeah, they like when you really pare it down, they they did just 3DFI the Legend of Zelda. They made it 3D and they just said, Here's a world. I mean, no, they did a lot more. Than they that, did, I, I know, I'm I being reductive. Like, I'm being reductive, but, but my point is that, but he's, I get what he's trying to say. Yeah, it's just like, like okay, let's really drastically change the so what I'll say though is what they're trying to do what I'll say though is Rockstar like for me personally you haven't had it for a while I hope that more people feel like respond to Red Dead by just going like this is good but this is not like the future oh my god every time that they come out with a game every few years it's gonna be be like bigger amazing no like they they are printing money with GTA Online. That's why this took so long. They'll probably continue to print money when this goes to to its online thing, mm-hmm. and that does not make their next game that comes out several years down the line excite me. Yeah. Do we have doesn't. any history of where a game company kept making the same game over again to the point where like it just started to fail and they had to reinvent? Uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah. You know, as I was saying it, I was like, Assassin's Creed, stupid. Um, also, like, you know what? <laughs> I, to, I, forgot to say this la- I forgot to say this last week. This has been Rockstar's... M.O.? No. First game of this generation. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't know if everybody realized that GTA V was re-released. Was on the last yeah, it was very release. early. Uh-huh. But that was a last-gen design. Totally. All but you the know writing, what? All the writing, everything was done Sorry. from last... Assassin's Creed may have reinvented itself. But Odyssey didn't do it. Odyssey didn't keep that going. True. Uh, no, I would argue Odyssey did keep it going. Odyssey just fell into the traps of post-monetization. It, it did. Oh, I didn't know you finished it. No. 
It, it did. I didn't know you kept playing. No, I didn't. But what I'm saying... <laughs> hey, I think what he's saying is the pace was so fucked up because... Yeah, the pace was fucked up. But it felt I, like one of those games where they, they chose a certain pacing and then they were like, let's slow it down so yeah. that we can force people to pay more yeah, like I, credits. Yeah, I, I definitely like the form and function of Odyssey. I definitely do, but... The pacing is what fucked me. I don't. I don't ever remember having a pacing issue with Assassin's Creed games in the past. Okay. Like, two was great. Three was great. Uh, well, Revelation had I too much shit going three. on, but it was still fun. No, it, the pacing was never off with those games. The pacing was always good. Yeah. It's just that they got repetitive. They did. Yeah. Uh, it got to the point where you were a massive killing machine. And they also, personally, they also always fell a little bit behind the specter of Metal Gear. Like they, they, they always were like. In that genre, but never as good. Mm. The stories were different and interesting, but... Social stealth. Anyway, yeah. let's never Moving talk on. about Red Dead ever again. Of course, we're going to talk about it will, at least one more time. But of course time. we will. Yeah. Uh, I, I, for, I mean, just as a note, I, I, have, I might have to wait for a vacation for me to really sit down. Yeah, yeah, totally. I feel you. What we're trying to say is if you play Red Dead, formulate your own opinion. Yes. <laughs> please do so. But don't listen to don't, us. Don't. And then tweet or DM us on various social medias. Slides. Yes. Just not Facebook. Just not Facebook because I'm, you know. It's never it's gonna just, happen. It's just an inside joke at this point. I almost don't, I don't want a Facebook group anymore. <laughs> so anyway, one platform that Red Dead is not on is actually PC, which uh, curiously enough. I thought you were gonna say Nintendo Switch. I mean that one too. It's but. coming. Oh. No wait, Red Dead Redemption Two Cloud. Red Dead Pocket Edition Cloud. I said we were never talking about it again, okay. you guys. But there's not enough buttons on the Switch for it, so it's not even going to yeah, happen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, one platform that Red buttons. Dead is not on is PC. Uh, there'll be a release date sometime in the future, we think, because there was actually some, uh, there was some code in the companion app that came out yeah. um, that actually points towards a PC release. But I saw that I'm Reddit sure post, too. I'll show the, I'm <laughs> sure they'll come out with it. But in any yeah. case... Uh, the reason that I'm fairly sure that they'll come out with it is because Steam now has 90 million monthly active users. Great. Next topic. That is a big number. No. <laughs> no, Steve. I want to talk about this for at least a minute. Okay. Um, that's a big-ass number. We don't exactly... I, I don't exactly have any numbers to compare that with monthly active users on PlayStation 4 or Xbox because I don't think they released those numbers. Uh, but, but it's not going to be that high. I don't know if it'll be that high. Mm. Uh, it probably won't. But what's what's really kind of amazing is that it had 67 million in August last year. So for a platform that's been around for this long and whatnot, like that's a, that's that's pretty fucking that's big. big. That's almost a third like increase in one year. An increase of like 33 percent, which is. Yeah, pretty crazy for something that's been out this long, and that's monthly sure. active. So it's not just you know random people who are signing up and then going away. It's people who are coming back at least once a month to to do their gaming through PC, which I think is kind of interesting. Because do you think it has anything to do with sort of the rise of um, battle royale? Uh, I don't. Know. I don't, I don't no. think so. Because I don't think so. Fortnite is through. The Fortnite's epic. on everything because Fortnite's on everything. Fortnite is on everything. So. I think that um, I think it's the way they make games available to people, the humble bundle. 
the the sales that it's certainly that more Wars economical has. and as the as the gaming audience continues to age into maturity mm-hmm. and have the money to like get their first PC like maybe they, when they were growing up with their parents you know the consoles was always what they had to do or whatever but now they have their first job and it's like ooh let me like buy a, a, a gaming PC you know I have some younger friends who I hear that from on occasion where it's just like oh I got my like first you know fir- first real real job I'm finally making money like I'm thinking about getting a gaming PC and it's like, but on top of that, it's also a better time than it's ever been, and that trajectory is going to continue. So there's mm-hmm. not much differentiating a PS4. Would you say it's Xbox more economical to stay up to date with a with a gaming PC because it's um, like if you just upgrade parts as you go? Yes. So because I think it is it that is. having to buy a, a new console at the five hundred dollar, four hundred dollar price point every. But I mean, if a graphics so card often. is two hundred bucks. So yeah, but if you're also just buying it to get like Celeste at three bucks. So, so let's be let's be clear. <laughs> at the point that we're at in our current generation, PS4 and Xbox One, right? Uh, PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, even right? right. The Xbox One X, I think, is the one console that you would not be able to buy a PC, build your own PC. To be clear, because you'd have to put in that labor to get the parts yourself, as opposed to getting one off the shelf where you would pay a premium. But if you were to build your own PC and pick the parts yourself, the Xbox One X, I think, is the one console out there that you would not be able to get the same performance for the same price. Mm. So I do think that you can build a PS4 Pro comparable performance on a, on a PC. Like, I don't know this for a fact. I'm not a hardcore PC builder or whatever. But that is my sense. Right. So you're in that ballpark. So you're talking about upfront costs. Okay, maybe you overpay a little bit if you want to go to like Xbox One X level, like really future proof yourself. But you don't have to don't have because to. with PCs, you can just get the latest graphics card sometime in the future. Mm. CPUs are getting super cheap. RAM is dirt cheap. Uh, the you want to get a decent case, your motherboard. You want to like maybe future proof it, but we're we're we actually are at a point of hardware with motherboards. I would say like five years ago, there was certain features where it was like shit. You kind of do want to be cutting edge. You do, you do want to splurge a little bit on motherboards, but now it's petering out. We're at a point right now where you can have a machine that's pretty fucking future proof, and then you swap in parts as they degrade or as something. I feel like you, know, the you most figure out a better bottleneck. Part of that whole equation is always the graphics card. It is, and they're getting way competitive and way cheaper. Right. And the part that's uh, the part that I think is really worth like expounding on. You keep your fucking library forever. That is the yeah. reason yeah. I'm a PC first buyer yeah. when it doesn't involve multiplayer. When it doesn't involve, do I want to take this game on the go with me? Right. Mm-hmm. That is why I'm a PC first purchaser. Is yeah. because I can always come back to this game, and I've done that with older games. I have had my stints where I'm like, oh, man, I think I want to play Bioshock. And I go back, and I would play Bioshock. It's funny because I haven't had my PC plugged in for maybe a year, two years at this point. And I just think of those 300 games sitting in my Steam library that are just, <laughs> just gives collecting virtual dust. And I'm just like, oh, man, hey, I wish I could go back and play th- it. Think of it like this. You never have to buy anything for your kid. Let's go. Let's just open up my Steam. Steam library. Go to my Steam library. Most appropriate game for the for his for his or her age. I've got everything on there. I've got Train Simulator on there. So like, there's a there's a whole collection of stuff on there. There So what I think is we're gonna learn Train Simulator today. (laughs) So what I think is fascinating about this is that um, I do think that that's that Valve has been steering Steam in interesting directions with their big picture mode and all these things. They're not making the mainstream splash that they necessarily. 
Um, you're not seeing it written about. It's not, you know, the, the, the steam machines when they came out, they weren't selling gangbusters. They're not yeah. disrupting the market per se. Yet... You see these numbers That's as far as growth say, goes, numbers. from 67 million to 90 million in one year as monthly active users go. For starters, people are definitely supplementing their consoles mm-hmm. with a PC, I mm-hmm. think. There's some you know, unique experiences you can only get out there. And I think that like, what, the thing that I really like about this is I think that consoles are going to... They, they already have been doing this, but I think they're going to have to be more hardcore about opening up to compete with PC as yeah. a platform. Not just Steam, but PC. Because there's a lot of alternative stores out there and whatnot. I mean, you could, I think you could see that happening with Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft we has, talked about how Microsoft Game Pass is going to PC. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Microsoft I think Microsoft finally realized, oh, games for Windows Live, that was a big, bad idea. <laughs> that's kind of... Let's kind of do this over and 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 like just the just the open like I mean this is loosely related but just the openness of like cross platform play and like people are like hey can Banjo Kazooie be in right. for Smash Bros? Sure, why not? Like like I think I think we mentioned this very early in the podcast. No one is. No one cares about brand loyalty, and I'm they no. care glad about, about that. No. Time loyalty, and I'm glad about that because like, if we don't care one what thing, it is. Are you gonna Are you gonna do what we're saying on our pla- on our console? Yes. Are you gonna spend all your time on this? Yes. When I pick up this, what are you looking at? My iPhone. Why? Because we've got your time. Yeah, money. It's, it's an attention economy. As far as brand loyalty goes, I don't have loyalty. I have a Switch. I have an Xbox, and I have a PS4. Yeah, because I want to play the games Who, that I like. Who's doing the least? Annoying stuff. Oh, my PlayStation? Oh, that's where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> and, I've been and, playing my Switch more than any other console the past few months. Yeah. And what I what I what I what it, what I find encouraging about that is that um, this is like the healthy part of competition. Mm-hmm. And I do think that um, I'm glad that Valve exists, even though there are some things about them that I don't like, um, because they are probably the most open platform. For gaming out there, mm-hmm. and they're kind of radical in that respect. And the more attention they siphon off of the consoles who want to play pretty, you know, lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at the, you, the Sony. Better. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sony's only doing that because they're winning, and Microsoft pretends like they didn't do it in the past, and you know, see what happens when they start losing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll change their mind. So anyway, I thought that was that was worth noting just because we don't talk about PC too much here. Yeah, uh, you're the only but, PC player. Yeah. <laughs> That's just because I don't have... I have a very old PC. Yeah. And it's not able to keep up right now, so I do have to build a new one, but like, it's just... Yeah. It takes time for me to do that. Sorry, I'm an ignorant console user. On I mean, I will PC. buy another PC again. That's not... It's not like it's Glorious not going to happen. PC it's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen that I'm buying another PC. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I, I I I I do wish I had the patience to like do the PC thing and connect it. I mean, your setup here, Navi. Like, if I can go and like turn on my TV and then my PC's on and I could go, oh, game, blah blah blah, whatever. Which I totally can, but I'd need someone to like handhold it through. It would probably be a, a a cheaper pursuit on the long run. But you know, sort of the ease and like walled garden, like you know, press the red button of a console experiences. Just I mean, it. ease of use is not something to 
you know, shake off and just be like, oh, he's abused, whatever. Like, yeah. no, I've put, I've been frustrated putting time into my PC and just been like, I understand why people don't want to put up with this shit. Yeah. And that's, that's also like, I'm using supplementary or that's not the right word, but like a lot of my patience for technical bullshit is because I do this as a career. Right. Yeah. And like, exactly. I, so I totally understand when, you know, your average person is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? And like a, a three hour problem to me could be like a 20 minute problem for you. Could be. But, uh, and to some degree, I enjoy troubleshooting that shit. So that's like, I totally get it as a personality quirk. But I do think that in due time, uh, there, there should be some decent actual Steam Machine competition. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hungry for someone to come in and just be like, Steam OS, we're going to actually try to uh, push something out at I'm a competitive really surprised. price. I mean, Sony, you know, does TVs. If we're talking about, you know, the, the main. Well, actually, I would argue that that's not the main entertainment source in a home anymore. But a smart TV, I just, why don't they have like a PlayStation app? And I think some of them already do, but why isn't it more mainstream? Why it's like, like, okay, well, yeah, we have this box, but what, how can we further expand this market to like, all right, I think Sony you TVs get a Sony TV. And Sony gaming are very different parts of the same company. Yeah, I'm. I'm just and, saying. Why don't they? And yeah, yeah I think that I think that they're probably like just you have like, a computer entertainment brand um, yeah. that makes TVs and a, a gaming console. They like, could. One could say, hey, literally let's just merge make a TV, them, or at least let's make some functionality like make a the part TV, of the TV, like an inch or two thicker, and then just build in a PlayStation to it into it. Exactly. Exactly. Make a subscription service. Hey, you get your money coming in. All right. Let's not give them too many ideas. <laughs> Nobody's listening. I know, I know. So right. one last bit of news is a new Overwatch character announced. Oh, Yay, yeah, a new Overwatch Ash. character. Ash. She I know cool. nothing about Overwatch. She has like on a cowboy hat or something. Yeah, she's like a Western themed. Uh, they're, oh, like, they're trying how, to get that red. Oh yeah, uh, female McCree wave. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. All right. Let's uh, anyway, get into some games. Let's get into what you've been playing because what I feel have like, y'all been playing? I. Um, I who's been who's playing, taking? Who wants to start? I want to start. I've had two. Okay. I have been playing. You were playing to the breach. We had to kick you off recently. I know. Uh, but you only had to tell me twice. Not like. No, it was more times. than that because he was sitting over here like, Mike, well, are you first ready? Of all, and then you were like, was yeah. Being and, then you, done. and then you walked over and you still had the controller in your hand. Because you nothing was play. being done. All Steve is just enjoying balls. being able to give Mikey yeah, shit for not putting a game yeah. down no, after Mikey no, gave him shit no, about Universal no, Paper No, clips. because when you said, all right, we're going to start now, I said, okay. And I, sli- I slid the controllers back in. That was the fourth time he told you that. That doesn't matter. <laughs> when I when I physically Ooh, tri- when I physically tried to stop you from playing human paperclip machine Universal thing. paper it was playing itself it no itself. no I said let's close the window you're like no yeah no it plays you can't close it the itself. window there's no reason I said, to you close can just the window start over. I didn't say it like that either I was like yes no, you I'm did just like, you I'm knocked like, my hand away yeah because you're touching my stuff don't touch my stuff really I, I'm with Steve on this. Okay. I'm just, you know I mean, what? That, doesn't, that doesn't mean you have to shut I'm up. Going I'm going to another saying. podcast called the Party Chat People's Podcast, and I'm going to find a better Steve and a better Zavi. You can't take the name. That's our name. Yeah. Nothing is copyrighted. How do you know? I didn't put it into the copyright take board. Take your Party Chat horse cast and get out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Owlboy. No, Into the Breach. Into well, the I was going to save Best for Last, but okay. Uh, okay, we'll get to we'll Maybe I'm wrong. Owlboy. I don't know. Owlboy was cool. Um, so Owlboy came out. Last year on the PC, and I think it's been making its rounds on the console. Is I feel like PS4? Switch is where it garnered I think it's only most on the popularity. Switch. I think it might. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Know. I just think it garnered more popularity on the Switch than it garnered anywhere else. Mm. Okay, it probably is on the other ones, but um, I, I bought it on the Switch. Um, and it's super super cool. So basically, you, Did you take have a physical copy. 
No, no, no. I just I don't think there's a physical copy. Yeah, there I is. Just... I saw it in Target. That's why oh, I asked. Okay. Because I know that we've been buying physical copies just so we can share the games. But yeah, I, you that's... guys have. I'm a terrible digital hoarder. No, no, no. So like, if it's like a digital, digital game, like a like a shot, you know, if it's digital, I can only get it digital. But I didn't know that it was a physical. If it was, I would have. I didn't it. know either until I walked into Target yesterday. Ah, gotcha. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you take control of Otis, who's like this uh, owl in like an owl community. Um, you have a couple of buttons you can fly. Um, it's sort of like 16-bit era. Sort of reminds me of like Super Mario Brothers three. And um, you fly around your town. Early on, you find out that um, these pirates like invade your town, and you have to escape. The mechanics of the game work as such that like the environments seem very sparse and wide, and you scroll between between screens. But like before you get to scroll, like it's a pretty huge environment, um, and you have these companion characters. So Owlboy can basically pick up things off the ground, chuck them, or drop them. Um, things have coins and and money and uh, items that you can collect and you also have like a buddy system so right now i have my main buddies like his best friend i forgot his name eugene is it and you pick him up and he can shoot like pellets um it's it turns into like a twin stick shooter and when you aim uh owl boy it'll actually sort of have like a soft lock target so you can actually shoot items and you're not just shooting into distance, which I really, really, really appreciate. And it starts off where like you are doing these puzzles where you have to drop off your buddy on like a switch. Then you go into an area without like someone who could shoot, but you have like a spinning move that doesn't really kill things, but it like stuns things. So now I just got a new ability, which is teleport. So I can drop him off on a switch and then press like X and like he sort of teleports toward me. And it's, it works as a function as like, hey, I don't have him a quick, but if I press this X, here he is. And then he'll shoot from, he'll like sort of teleport back to El, um, Owlboy and I can shoot my gun at enemies. So it's been working out really cool. I'm still very early, but I'm moving. I'm definitely going to be playing it. So it sounds like platformer with some twin stick shooter stuff. Yeah. And then also like some Metroidvania abilities. Yeah. Okay. It, seem, it seems that way I've so heard good far. Things about it. I hear the boss battles are excellent and, and um, it's, been, it's been really cool. I did like a boss battle where I had, and, and you kind of get this flow of like, there's some um, things that you have to use your spin to like break something. So like basically the spin breaks bricks, blocks, I mean rocks, stones. So the first boss battle I encountered was there's this guy who's shooting you. Of course you can shoot... Um, Oh God! Stop! <laughs> of course you can. Um, that wasn't directed towards anyone at this table it's, it's or anyone. Apple, of our Apple News is on on my phone, and of course news is never good. So I just need to turn it. All right. I have the CNN notifications just as a small tangent, and they just frustrate me. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's I what happened. New, New, New York Times for me. Yeah, it just kind of popped. I'm like, ugh. This randomly popped. I'm, I'm just like, oh, the world still sucks. Okay. Yeah. I'm so tired of seeing the CNN alert pop up, be like, oh, news, and then the first word is Trump, and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, let's stop. <laughs> so um, so this boss battle is basically like this pull and forth of like, okay, I have to drop my buddy. I have to spin to knock the rock that's protecting him. Then I grab him again, or now that I have the teleport function, I just press shoot, and then I could start shooting him. Then he, um, you know, recreates the stone, drop my buddy off, do the spin, knock him around while he's shooting hmm. things. And, and it's like a really nice it Sounds like some pretty tight action. Yeah, it's a nice okay. push and pull. So I'm really interested to see how the world sort of expands and how um, the puzzles sort of manifest themselves in the world and like how interesting the boss battles are. Nice. But yeah, it's been really, really cool. And I'm, you know, this is, this is given what we were talking about, like, you know, Games on the PC. I know Alba has been on the PC for quite yeah, some time. Like a year and a half, maybe. Yeah, and it finally made its way to the console. And like everybody's like, ooh, la la. And I'm sure you people will be like, 
Yeah, this game is like a year and a half old. <laughs> but um, All right, just PC a quick, no- quick note before I get into, into the breach. Another old PC game that's come over. Um, but a great game because I talked about it last week. And well, I no, it no, and no, 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 no. I'm getting there. I'm going to be talking about Dream Daddy next week, which I've super been interested in because it just looks like Dream fun. Daddy. So you're on PlayStation? Yeah. I'm going to download it. Yeah, so... um. Well, I technically it, have to download it, but I'm getting it. It's a daddy dating simulator. <laughs> daddy dating. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to be playing through I that. I hope I never week. talk about Honey Pop on this podcast. Oh, you're going to? No. Yeah, next week? I don't want to. Honey you Pop. better be. Next week you're talking about Honey Pop and he's talking about da- a dream daddy. That yeah. would be, that actually sounds hilarious. Yeah. So, um, and that gives me incentive. And I'm like going to make the template next week. So you better be ready. Accountability <laughs> to play it. So, you know what? We'll do that. So I'm going to play Dream Daddy this week. But. For my last game that I love, 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 I think like I'm so glad. I don't that know why I was so like afraid this. of it mm-hmm. because like I I think like I love strategy games secretly, hmm. but I love them and I I have to love them from far away because I just get too into them. So I like, I, interesting. I, yeah, I, understand I love I feel like that, but that's because I um, am bad at strategy. I love the idea of a strategy game, uh-huh. but I'm so much like I'm going to take all my pieces and move them this way. And hope I win. Like, that's my approach to strategy. Sure, sure. No. And it's not how you so play you know, strategy games. So you know what the thing that, like, really turned fun, me fun off? Fun fact. Civilization I'm, Six is coming to Switch. We're all going to fall into black holes and never be heard from again. No, I think... At least Civ, I am. Civ Six was a, a too... Like, I like... I do like strategy games, but I definitely can say I'm more of a casual strategy. Okay. With a, like, if the systems get too, too much... I'm like, ugh. Like XCOM. So like X- Civ Red the new XCOM was great. is overwhelming for me. X- no, I like XCOM. I just hate their fucking philosophy, so I don't play the game. Hmm. What about philosophy the, is that? Oh, it's 98%, and I'm, st- I'm next to you, and I'm still going to miss. Oh, yeah. Like, I just I like, hate that. I like and, the, I, and, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not speaking as a function of, oh, I've heard this. Dude. Like, it's happened to I me. I thought Rabbids did that I better. I played it. Yeah. Kingdom Battle did that better, where it was like 50%, 100%, or 0%. I, there, there could still be a little bit more variability, but I mean, like, come on. I'm literally standing next to you with well, the I shotgun. Think, I think a lot of people, A, there's those moments where it's yeah. just it just feels slightly ridiculous that you're next like to a, a, a roll alien yeah. and you don't hit them. There needs to be some but, hard... Hard locks. Well, it just, it just, it, it feels weird because it's turn based, right? Like, I can get, a, I can reason my way through it because, yes, this, this is turn based and I am able to see everything in slow motion, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, in theory, this is actually happening in real time. And I did literally just tell this person to run and try to shotgun an alien. And, okay, fine, he missed. I can get it, but it definitely feels weird. Yeah. But I think worse yet is that um, enough people have complained about those sorts of scenarios where, Arguably, they're actually massaging numbers, and that's not something that game designers shy away from. Mm-hmm. Like you'll hear people at game de- game developers conferences talk about how sometimes lying to your players is actually part of their strategy, where like they they won't give you the exact number. Usually, they talk about underestimating the percentages so that you don't feel overly betrayed Confident. when it was a 5% chance to miss, still a chance to miss, and it happens. That's yeah. going to happen to people, but it always feels shitty. So yeah. usually they talk about the opposite end, but I think when well, this XCOM, is why I mean, just, so it feels be, shitty but when... This is why I mean you need some hard locks. So say right. like if I'm, a, I'm, a, a, I'm an upgraded sniper, blah, 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 and I have like this amount of distance, and it says yeah. 95, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to get it into 5%. I'm like... Oh, what? That's silly. What Mikey is talking about But I'm literally talking about I was hitting somebody with a shotgun. What Mikey is talking about is if I was here the whole time with my shotgun. Yeah. And then Mikey ran up here on his one turn, and I was like, blow, and I missed. Yes. I I understand. There's two feet in front of my I played XCOM. I've had it happen to me. 
Yeah. It, it has, it is not, it has but, never bothered me to the degree to which it has other people. Yeah. I'm not going to discount people's experiences. Though. But Into the Breach. Yeah. Into what the we're breach. talking about. Yes. is excellent. But anyway, yes. So I, but again, so I, I, I led into that to say that when I first started hearing reviews about this game and the first thing I heard is, you are going to lose buildings. You are going to. Sometimes there's no way around it. That fucking freaked the shit out of me. And I, I, I can honestly say, like, I finally got over it, like, a, what, six months later. It made like, it feel like it's really to. dire. Because playing, and it's just like, there's literally no chance to, to save this building. Like, you just can't do it. That can happen. That like, can happen. You can. It, it, no, it does happen. That could can. be your it own happens. fault. Or it could just be the way the game plays it's out. It's the way the game plays out. sometimes you screw yourself over by not thinking far enough ahead. Yeah. It's true. You know? Like, and other times it's just like, well, this guy is here. I actually don't have the skill to do this. And, yeah. and I, I don't have, I, I can't Like move. the number one thing that I would point out, uh, like to someone who's new is uh, blocking something from spawning it's, is pretty much the most important strategic, like yeah. that has the most strategic yeah. value of everything that you can do. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And do it as often as you can. And then you have the ability to self-heal. Because uh-huh. if you, if blocking you gives to. you a sort of board control, right? Yeah. Like you determine if something spawns or not. Otherwise, you have scenarios where you have three units, but there's five enemies, and, you and can you're get kind of nothing fucked. you could do anything because yeah. if they're if they're not lined up next to each other, or you make it so that and they are. Another approach up. I started taking to this game is don't commit any of you of your units to a movement until you have your whole turn planned out. Yes. True. Yeah. Because and never thankfully, move. there's only three of them, so yeah. it's not too hard. So it doesn't to do never move one first and be like, oh, he's here. No, like. Look at all um, the possibilities. Look at everything that you can do and then commit to that move because you want to make the best uh, use of your movements and your attacks as you possibly can in that turn. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is a lot going on for a game that's very small scale. We yep. have yeah. three units and however many enemy units there are and the buildings that are there. and the That's, what's, so, and that's what's phenomenal that about this game. It's, it's so it's three small. fucking units. Yeah, it's, three. It, this game is so small, but it feels so big. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that I find exceptional is like because you have three units, there's that phase at the beginning of the match where you choose where everyone goes. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a part of a lot of games that annoys the shit out of me because... Oftentimes in those games, particularly Fire Emblem comes to mind, there is an optimal way to lay out your soldiers for that fight, but without foreknowledge of the random shit that might happen during that encounter, you don't know what it is. So oftentimes, the second time I play through, I'm like, well, I know that guy's going to come come out of the corner and surprise me, so I'll put this guy here instead. This game, because it's three units, because you can't, you know, undo things or whatever, it actually feels like there's a certain amount of like, okay, this seems like the decent way to do it. Let's go. That game surprisingly overcomes, at least for me personally, it doesn't actually make me feel paralyzed with indecision. Mm-hmm. I actually have a certain sense of like, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. And well, and part of that is the three units. A certain sense, I don't the think the I know spawns about that game. matter all that much. Well, that's part of, yeah, yeah because they, don't, like, they don't matter like very drastically. Very little, because you have your artillery one, which you're going to put towards the back anyway, because it can't hit stuff next to it. Exactly. So you're going to want it to hang back. Yeah. And then you have the mech, which you're going to want up front, and you want the tank up front. And that's just the first crew. And that's just the yeah. first group that you have. Yeah. I mean, that'll change depending on the abilities of the other ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, that's pretty much it. And because you only have maybe three or four rows to work with yeah. in that, and it's already limited by the buildings that are there, the mountains that are there, and whatever yeah. other things are there, like, you have uh, only a few spaces to work with. Yep. Yeah. And then and then also, like you were saying, because the, the maps are so much smaller, like, I feel like... Even with the base units, 
you can kind of cover a thirds of the map. Yeah. Like you have a good range of a third of the map. So you never feel like just out of, like just out of reach. The only thing that limits your movement is if an enemy's in your way and it kind of blocks the path. You can also, you can move them out the way or destroy them. Then you have more options. But I'm really, really enjoying the strategy of it. I'm really feeling like, like you said, these three units, it's sort of like this perfect set of decisions that you have. You don't feel overwhelmed because it's just like, well, it's just three units. Yeah. Like, and I have to figure out, am I blocking? Am I defending? Am I waiting for that small chance that the building is going to resist damage? Can I manipulate a situation where I punch something or shoot something that it pushes itself into a mountain or, or another enemy? I do that does extra it damage up? to it. Did I, did I have the forethought to think like, oh, if I push this enemy out the way, is it going to hit another building far away or is it going to hit another unit? So it's really been good of like, and like you here watching me of like, oh yeah, yeah, this is the one, you did it. Then I moved in and I was like, oh no, the little and bullet I goes him, across I watched the, him the entire do screen. A, I watched him do one turn and we were sitting here and he like pulled it off perfectly. Like he moved an enemy away from a building and then the other one uh, died and like they didn't attack any of the buildings. And I was like, nice. Yeah, that was nice it's, because you, you got get like, sort like of a great this, turn out this, of that. This satisfaction of like, and I think also there's, um, I think this game, sort of, um, is more XCOM than XCOM in a way of like, every turn feels like a last ditch effort. Every yeah. turn feels like a gift mm. Mm. instead of XCOM where it's sort of, you, you like like the randomness. Like so, I guess what I wanted to say is like. You're always going to hit something and into the breach. Like there's no random, there's no randomness about that. You're always going to hit something, but because of the structure of the game, it's not about you know random numbers in the background. It's like how can you plan how you hit things and how what foresight do you? How much can the foresight affect how you preserve your mechs, your cities, and you know the overall overall state of the island? And then I also want to touch on the. There are multiple crews of mechs that have yeah. various different abilities. Yeah. So you have this this crew that you're using now, which yeah. is the first crew they give you. Now things take a turn when you get one of the units I got where the yeah. mech has a laser and it does damage across the whole map in a line. Yeah. So then you gotta start thinking, what's behind the hit building? Yeah. 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 So like in the first tile it does three damage, on the second tile it does two damage and then one down the line. Yeah. Unless it gets interrupted by uh, a mountain or a building. Yeah. Right. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. An- another function too is like, I can't tell you any time I've played this game where I could say, oh, it was the game's fault. Right. Or like, there's no, there's like literally, I can't think of me saying, oh, that's the game made that mistake. Right. XCOM, oh, fuck that game. The and game then, makes the mistakes all the time. What I'm joking. No, no, no. no that, you're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. I, the, the, the only... Like, the, the accountability in, is only on you. In XCOM's defense, two things. One is, um, that is absolutely part of the feel of XCOM, is that sometimes, yeah, no matter what you did, it goes a little bit wrong, and you lose someone or whatever. That's part of your story of just like, man, we try... Like, in, in the sense of, like, war sucks. Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. your characters just die. That is absolutely part of uh, XCOM's aesthetic, going back to the original on mm-hmm. whatever the hell that computer was that it, that it ran on. Um, and then the other thing I would say about XCOM is that um, you have those moments where the numbers kind of betray you a little bit, but XCOM is always a game that is meant to be played where, like, well, then why did you overextend yourself? Is mm-hmm. like the the like the, the extra question behind that is like you got cocky, you got that person killed, and that's it, you could have played it where you waited one extra turn or whatever. 
to which point I would say that in XCOM 2, the term limits are a little bit harsh, and that is my problem with that game. Oh, really? Are they? Yeah. Oh. In, in XCOM 2, most missions have a turn timer on them that yeah. is like two or three turns probably overly harsh because it really forces you to blitz. Yeah. And I don't like that because when yeah. you blitz, you because XCOM has fog of war. Right. And you have, and you're forced into a blitz. So before you even know where the enemies are, you're just like, I can't play carefully. I have, I have to run, to run, run, there. run. Yeah. And then someone's going to run into the enemy, and it's just like, okay, fuck. Now we have to like formulate a plan around. Because when you're going in there for a distance, you're blindly. not going for cover it doesn't work either. Great. Whereas in the in the expansion to XCOM One, where they introduced the uh, meld. And that introduced some time pressure because you wanted to make sure that you got all the meld before it expired. Yeah. But it was still up to you whether you, how hard you wanted to blitz. So you could blitz, blitz, blitz. Okay. I ran into someone. Shit. Someone got shot. I need to slow down. I'm going to sacrifice the meld. I don't sacrifice the mission. Right. So anyway, Mm. too much tangent. Into the Breach is good. But (laughs) one more thing I like about Into the Breach is when the environmental stuff comes into play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The and the lightning strikes. That's true. The missions are very different. The lightning strikes are awesome because you can use the artillery one, the artillery mech, and hit an enemy into the the Uh lightning. And the lightning strikes before they get a chance to move. Yeah, or the lava. That's what I like. It's really satisfying when an environmental thing takes out an enemy because uh-huh. it does yeah. like five damage the consequences happen before the enemy turns which is which is good i think it was a good idea so mm-hmm. it's like so I, I actually planned something where i pushed there were two projectile enemies and one was going to hit a building and i pushed one behind it and then i it flashed and said like oh it's going to go and i wasn't really paying attention that the red line went through the enemy to the building i was like oh no the building's going to get hit twice and i was like no wait a second but then There's the other a bug enemy there. hit so it first so the consequences happen the enemy hit the bug first it killed it it didn't hit the building it hit the bug and the bug didn't get a chance to hit it either nice. so that got killed and then it was just like oh okay well that's taken care of and it's good that you're able to actually the, rule, the rules always are can, consistent you can always pull up the turn order so you know exactly who's going to go yeah. yeah oh yeah so I didn't so know that. so to be to be a little bit uh, um, specific about this compared to XCOM, for example, just because yeah. we've been using it for contrast, um, Into the Breach is a perfect information game. You know everything that's going to happen. You're never exactly surprised, other than you know you didn't necessarily expect an enemy to start coming up from this tile. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, that's the only but, randomness that comes into it. Yeah, yeah spawns, like enemy you, spawns. you you see the map. You know when they're going to hit. You know that they're going to hit. Yeah. Like it's a it's a relatively perfect information game compared to XCOM, which is much more murky. You have fog of war. You have percentage chances of hitting. It's yeah. less, but actually no no well let's be clear. You don't know what the enemies are going to do once they spawn. They could attack your mech or they can attack a building. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But but in a sense that once you, like at the beginning of each turn, you know, you know what's what going to happen yes, next turn. Yes. And so in that scope, you yeah. have like perfect information and yeah. you can you can do what you can with that. So there's no surprises. So that, that makes them very different feeling tactical games mm-hmm. for sure. And I think if you want, um, if you're new to strategy or if you want something to approach strategy and maybe into the breach is a better choice I just think because so. of its simplicity yeah mm. it's it's complex but it's also very approachable yeah it's not easy but i don't think that the rule set is overwhelming right mm. you've got one move one action and mm-hmm. that's it nice. great game yeah great game Really enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. Who are the developers? I forget. The the they made FTL. FTL. Just forgot uh, their name. Jinx. Uh, I jinxed you on a podcast. City. You can't I'm talk to I'm finding it. 
It is something cute. It's a uh, subset games. Ah, yes, yes, subset, subset games. Subset, yeah. Good job, subset games. Keep doing stuff. Yes. Cool. All you, right, Steve. You can have well, all my money. You've played the most out of all of us. Let's yes. See. Um, well, we talked about Red Dead already. Golf so story. I got. I'm actually going to start with Human Resource Machine because I bought oh, yeah, that we talked because we talked about that last week, and um, it is complicated <laughs> for someone you who be a programmer, has so you no get to it. background in programming. <laughs> And realizing that, like, you have limited commands, but they can do very complex things. Mm. Yeah. So where I started to hit a wall was, like, the the jump of zero command and the add and subtract commands to to get to certain multiplica- multiplicatives, multiplications mm-hmm. of a... Like, it's one, it's like, oh, multiply this by 16. So I got to find a way to do a series of commands where the computer will multiply by 16 mm-hmm. and then take that and put it in the outbox. Yeah, and it it's, is. It's it, funny because it's programming. It's C plus plus. I mean, it's, it gets it's complicated even, quick. Honestly, the closer analogy is actually assembly language compared to something like C plus plus. The the thing that I think is interesting about those challenges is that um, you're you're trying like you realize how stupid computers are. Yeah, I yeah. think because like without having an explicit multiply command yeah. and without having human intuition of like oh this is what multiplication means oh okay I that's can do that that's what they tell you when you take your first computer it's like literally I think my professor like took like two computer classes like computers are dumb you have to tell them everything you want to do yeah it's my like, professor yeah, said the same it's thing like look at this iPhone yeah somebody programmed it but humans had to tell it what to do and then it did all that other stuff and I was like what so and one that's of the, the challenge of yeah. one of literally one of the first when you would make a mistake the, the professor goes but did you tell it to do that? And you're like, I might put it to compute. No, you got to tell it what to do. So <laughs> that's one of the first walls I ran into, and I like, I felt so, uh, like I was on cloud nine when I figured it out. Uh-huh. Nice. Was when they f- the second challenge they give you the jump is zero command. The first one is to take only zeros and put them in the outbox, mm-hmm. which is easy. You go to the inbox, jump if zero to the outbox. Mm-hmm. Right, simple. The one to get the things that are not zero to the outbox. That's where it like became more complicated, and I was like, "But how? I have to use the jump if zero command, but it should only go to the outbox if it's not zero. Like trying to wrap your head around how to get to that place. How many statements do you have? You can you you can make it as many lines as you want, but the challenge is in making it in, as efficient as possible in yeah. the least number. So they of give steps. you all of the statements, so you can get past the level if like no matter what you whatever can, algorithm I, if, you if get. If I need to go inbox to outbox, like, right? I can do inbox, outbox, inbox, 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 outbox, inbox, and like repeat that yeah. as many times as I want, or I can do inbox to outbox with the jump command. Right. And that's what they want. They want you to get the most efficient solution in there. So is, okay, so are there actual parameters to beating a mission, or you can... Just getting what they want from the inbox to the outbox. Yeah. So, so you can do like it as sloppily as no, possible. No, I'm saying, is there like a star system? Or but yeah, there's two there, challenges there, There's two challenges each. per each one. Gotcha. Fewest commands and... and um, most efficient. Most efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fewest steps. Fewest steps. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I wanted to clarify. So, so you can so beat you it can, any way you, you want. You can beat it any way you want, and yeah. you'll get that first. You can say it's a star. Yeah. Like the star is completing the, the level, yeah. and then the second and third are the two challenges with which yeah. you just said. And some of those are fucking hard. Like are, as a yeah. programmer, I've stared at this sometimes. I'm just like, fuck. How do I get rid of this last command? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of. And that's where I hit the wall with the the jump of zero. I was just like, how? How do I get him to go to the inbox? Throw away the thing that's not, or what is it? Throwing the thing that's not zero. That is zero. Oh, and then take the thing that's not that's zero. not zero because there's no not command in there. 
Right. You know, there's no command to say, if it's the opposite of this, mm-hmm. then do the thing. It's just, this is the one, this is the command you take. Yeah. It's so actually it's more restrictive really, than, than a lot of, than anything you'd learn nowadays. In, yeah. But it also goes classes. to show where you said uh, last week that it's like, it shows you the logic of a computer. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to wrap your head around that logic. Yeah. Not the logic that you use in your own head. Meanwhile, you're actually giving instructions to this little human. Which, yeah. Which is great. The also, right? Is, the <laughs> like, is like, hilarious. My, like, uh, my, I mean, I, I ended up not going into programming and I, in some respect, I, I still don't believe him, but what do I know? But learning how to be a programmer is just learning how to be a good logic, st- logic, logician. Yes. Logician. Logician, logistician, so. logistician, logistician, and like uh. if you if you have a heavy logic based brain, you'll you'll be a great programmer. And they say it's not about math; it's not about math. So a certain extent, I think it's not it, about arithmetic. It is like a certain extent. At I like think college you, level, yeah. math is about this shit. Yeah, you do have to have I think some forms in your head of like all right, this like sort of mathematics structure. In my brain leads me to this. Because I, I thought I was a pretty logical person, and at a certain point, I was just like, oh, man, this is like really hard thinking about like mm-hmm. what problem do I have to sort of formulate and then put into a computer to make it solve the problem? Yeah. Yeah. And that requires some math that I didn't and, have and, and a lot of logic. The best is when you don't do it right, the, the little like boss person that's in the corner yells at you. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> the only thing I'll say about this game is I think it's better suited to... Your mobile device than mm. it is to switch. Yes, just is because it, it's a touch. Is it on game. mobile devices? It is on mobile. It devices. is on mobile devices. It is. You can play this game without your Joy Cons attached. Yeah, which is actually how I like to play. Like just holding the actual oh, screen the and, yeah, and just using it, the touch drag. screen. Yeah. Cool. Uh, when you have it plugged into your TV, you have to use the Joy Con as a pointer. Yeah, and oh, it actually annoying. it actually exposes. I don't know if this is bad software or bad hardware, but. At least in in both of these games, human resource as well as seven billion humans, it actually feels wrong, right? Because it's not it doesn't have a Wii sensor bar to like anchor it, mm-hmm. and so there are little there's it almost feels like there's oh, little round off errors control. going on in yeah. the gyroscope that yeah. accumulate to what you told it was centered. Like you have to recalibrate it constantly, which is yeah. only a button press, but. Mm. But still, I would it say... It reminds me of the world ends with you when I, we, me and Stacy played ah, okay. if you're, for a little bit in the two-player mode. If you're going to play this yeah. game, get it on your mobile device as opposed to the Switch. Okay. It'll That's be, where I'm and it, it'll, be it'll, it'll be cheaper and it'll be a better experience. Yeah. More effective just um, like touching stuff. Because now I got fingerprints all over my Switch screen and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, good game. Cool. The next thing I played is I also bought Golf Story. Ah. I heard really good things about this. Um, and I just didn't know what it was, but I'm like, it's golf, right? Yeah, it's golf. So it's not a golf game with RPG elements. It is an RPG with golf elements. <laughs> okay. And it's really fun because they just have you doing golf swings for pretty much everything. Yeah. You know? To solve all of the problems. Yep. For most of your problems, you're swinging a there's golf a pipe. Ball. There's a pipe leak. Let's hit a golf ball into it. There's like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> like... I'm very early in the story right now and I'm still like, I just like, I want to be a pro golfer is the story I'm going with, but coach won't train me because of this and that and this. And, you know, it's just expanding on that. Is it classism? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It's just cause the, the, the golf course near town is run by this really seedy guy. Oh shit. <laughs> and okay. the coach is like, you have no talent. So, <laughs> so you like, you set out on this mission to prove them like, Hey, I have talent. Like, That's your job, asshole. Yeah. So like, uh, I'm, 
going for distance. I'm bouncing golf balls off turtles to hit them near a hole, like all sorts of fun little golf stuff. <laughs> and then also you just play golf in there also. Like there are like nine holes to play on, on golf, but it's, it's really easily approachable. Hmm. And it's what are the so mechanics like? Like any other golfing. golf game that you, you play, the meter, like the... you got the meter where you hit the ball, the, 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 the wind is there, you know, the slice, slope, the different type of, of clubs that you have to use and all the, the all types the types of swings, all the golf stuff, you know, is there. I don't know much about golf stuff, but you've played a golf game before. I have. Everyone's Same concept. Never good at it. Same concept. <laughs> Everyone's played Mario. Golf. Okay, but but in terms of approachable, it is pretty approachable. Yeah, it's approachable. Okay. Uh, as someone who played maybe one or two golf games, right. Mario Golf, and like I last year we had a brief stint with Rory McIlroy's uh, PGA Pro Golf Tour. Okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> after playing some golf on GTA Online. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I remember that era. I remember that era, actually. So you, you guys all bought it, and you're like, yeah, amusing. let's play it for like a week, two days. One of, the, one of the challenges I had to do was feed fish. So I had to go find this certain like thing to hit that is a golf ball proxy and hit that towards where the fish are and okay. so that they would jump out of the water and eat it. And one of the challenge, that was the challenge to feed 10 fish. It's golf. Yeah. It's it's fun, it's silly, but it's golf. It's golf. I, I'm not that far into it, but I've been playing like stints of it while I'm watching House because I'm rewatching House. Still watching House. I'm huh? still watching House. <sighs> um, but I've been playing Golf Story while I do that, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. this is silly and fun, and I and like it. And oh my god, totally, totally right about Into the Breach being the perfect TV game. Yeah. <laughs> just I, like because, like he said, it's just like you think about it. You do your move, you see where they come, you go, oh, let me think about this in a sec after he cuts this man open. Yeah. You watch him cut the man open, ew, that was gross. Okay, back to Into the Breach. Take your turn. That's Commercial it. break game? It's a great, great, yeah. TV, yeah. great TV game. And um, yeah, like once Golf Story, once I get further into it, I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Because right now I'm in the second golf course trying to uh, restore their turtles to being happy because they can't play golf because the turtles are unhappy. Oh. And when the turtles are unhappy, they get bitey. Nobody wants But that. I also have to be at that course to get information for my golf course. <laughs> it's like, this is like this is, we're in some amusing utopia uh-huh. where like everyone's problems are so minor and silly that they that they put they up with golf. this guy trying to solve everything through golf. Uh-huh. That's what's going on in my mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, there was actually one moment that's really funny where like you're challenging the coach's three students to be like, if I beat them all, then the coach will train me. Right. So one of the kids is like, he doesn't want to play golf outside. He wants to go to the simulator. But the simulator is just a wall with a like a golf, not even like a, a course on it, just one hole. There's like a bunker <laughs> over here. There's a hole here and then like a water hazard. Okay. And there's a guy standing next to it and he analyzes your swing and tells you how far it goes. <laughs> So like the kid is in there and he's like, I'm going to practice on the simulator. And he goes and then he, he goes and he swings. And the guy's like, based on the trajectory, that went, went mm, 300 yards. And you're like, what? So then you go to do it and you line up and you hit it. And the guy goes, based on your trajectory, that went mm, 180 yards. You're just not as good. <laughs> and then it. the kid goes again. He's like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go even farther. So he goes and then he miss swings and it hits the guy in the head. And he just goes, uh... It goes, uh, and like, he, like, he like knocks out and the kid is like, we'll just say you won uh, if you don't tell anybody about this. <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. That's great. 
So I think that for that alone, you should pick this game up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because I was on my wish list. That was on the wish list. Into the Breach was in the wish list. Yeah. Uh, the Donkey Kong add-on for Mario... Um, Mushroom, mushroom Battle was on there, and I was like, hmm, I was flirting around getting that as well, but we'll see. Oh, I want to borrow uh, Captain Toad. Okay. Captain Toad's great. Treasure Tracker. I heard good things, and I feel like that's a nice little All con right. game. Yeah. Now tell us about the mystery van. So I, last night, now this is the first time I played Forza Horizon 4 in like two weeks, was last night, but I played with my friend from like 9 o'clock to 2 a.m. Damn. Uh, reminder, the clocks went back an hour. Sure, sure. <laughs> so it's really nice. So I fit in an extra hour. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God, we got an extra hour of sleep last night. Yeah, yeah, we did. Holy shit. So yeah, there's an extra hour of Forza in there. Mikey's like, why don't I feel it? Tired because I had an extra hour. Yeah, an extra hour. <laughs> nice. So we were just playing around and, and we figured out like, hey, let's just drive around in, uh, in the sandbox because mm-hmm. it's, it's a big sandbox map in Scotland or whatever. And it has like... It has the races that you can do, which are like street races, drag races, uh, off-road races, cross-country races, all like the usual subset of Forza races. Horizon is a bit more arcadey than yes. motorsport. Is that right? Yes. Okay. It is a bit more like have fun. There's an outdoor festival with cars, like do crazy things. Okay. So one of the things are showcases where like you'll race a weird vehicle. Like the first showcase you do in Horizon 4 is you race a hovercraft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like there's this like it's a, literally a downhill race. You're in like a uh, Baja racing truck, and there's this big hovercraft just crashing through the course Jesus. as you race it. Like it's insane and terrifying. That reminds me of a fun fact. I was watching um, Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Recently. Oh, the hovercraft crazy scene. Hovercraft when it goes at the over end. them and shred. Yes, yes, yes. That movie is insane. It's great. Oh, my God. And oh, then also movie. fun fact, in the same movie marathon with my family, I also watched Little Rascals. <laughs> and I was enjoying myself. And I was like, oh, like what a silly, like stupid movie. And then if you remember that movie, there's a rich kid who's yeah. trying to steal the girl from Alfalfa. Yeah. And so towards the end, when they're about to have the drag race, he calls up his father. And it's Donald fucking Trump is <laughs> <laughs> playing this dude's dad. And he goes, I'm proud of you, son. And I was just like, I can't escape him. I know. Anyway, back to hovercraft. Yeah, so I'm racing downhill. And then like, it's like, yeah, you're going to race this hovercraft. And it's crashing. Like, And it's, those showcases are scripted to be like very tight races. Yeah. So as long as you keep up with the time, it's sort of, it's more like a time trial. Yeah. Okay. Right? So as long as you keep up with the time, the event itself plays out. And this is not new to four. Like in the original ones, you had like race a train or a plane. Or a plane or something And and it's basically like a time trial, but it just looks so like, because you see the plane go, zoom. That's why it's called a showcase, to be like, oh, this is And I can imagine the hovercraft just going, like, whoa. So there are barricades set up on like the downhill and it's just crashing through them and like, my friend fell behind at one point during the race. And he's like, I just couldn't figure out where to go. And then on the second time around, he's like, now I understand why I couldn't figure out where to go. It's because the hovercraft broke everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to sort of keep up with time. So anyway, one of the events, uh, like side activities, are danger signs. Danger signs are like the city has set up, hey, this is somewhere you want to be careful of because this is like a sheer cliff face. And if you go too fast off, you'll fall and you'll crash off of it and die. And it being a video game and, and us being, being video, game. video gamers, we're like, ha, 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 challenge accepted. Forza Horizon being an event about fun, it is jump as far as you can. <laughs> right? So we're doing one of the first ones and it's like you have to jump it, but you also have to make it uh, like 800 feet off the jump. So we're constantly doing it to like 600, 400, 500. It's like we're not making it close enough. So we go back to the Horizon site, uh, which is where you can modify all your cars. And I'm like, I got a lot of money right now. What am I going to modify? So I'm looking through the cars, and I realize, oh, I have an old GMC van, like a 
transit van. <laughs> so I'm like, what can I do to this? So I go into the, the modifications, and I took out the old engine, and I put in a V12 with twin turbos on it <laughs> and made it all-wheel drive. And then just upgraded every part of that. What would happen if you did this in real life? I don't know if you could. <laughs> the engine would take up most of the van. <laughs> so I did everything so I possibly could to it. You wouldn't be able to do it in an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. And it would cost hundreds, maybe like a hundred thousand something dollars, like maybe two hundred thousand dollars, just to convert everything. So I'm doing it, and I'm like, so video games. Video yeah. Games. So I'm like, let me just add everything onto this. So I took this hundred and thirty horsepower rear wheel drive GMC van that you've seen on the street, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And it is now a 1500 horsepower V12 monster, <laughs> right? That has all wheel drive and is insane to drive. It tipped over once while I was driving it around a corner. <laughs> that's, how, that's how many G's came out of the thing. And then I was like, let me apply a fun paint job to it. So I went to the little like design center where people post their own uh, paint jobs. And the most popular one was the Mystery Machine from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so I was like, slap that paint job on there. Yeah. So I'm laughing to myself because my friend is still in the session. And he's doing his own thing. And you can't really see what someone's doing in their garage. Mm. So I just start giggling. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like having so much fun. And I'm looking at the numbers happen. And he's like, what happened? I'm like, you'll see. <laughs> so like I, I get out and I'm like waiting for him to come out of the garage so he can see. He sees the mystery machine. He's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm like, this is my four, 1500 horsepower <laughs> mystery machine. I'm like, come on, Scoob. We're going to go solve some mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to that jump that we were failing at. First try, like 900 feet. Damn. <laughs> Flew this big van off the cliff. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> clearly not a, a hardcore simulation. No. <laughs> no. I like the hardcore simulation of Forza. And Motorsport. Forza Motorsport. And um, there's a Forza hub in Horizon now. Well, okay. in the Forza games in general now, I think, that tells you how long you spent with certain games. Uh-huh. Mm. So I like logged into it yesterday. In Forza 3, I spent like 90 days just playing the game. Damn. And that was where I spent most of my time with Forza Motorsport because I had this one Subaru WRX that I spent days tuning to like fine-tuning every little aspect of the car so that it was as fast as possible but still as drivable as possible. Mm. And this is the same friend that I played that with. So we were just like, this is fun. This is fun for us because we're car guys. Mm-hmm. So getting back to Horizon 4, it's just like, this is fun. It's an open world on one thing, right? On the one hand, as opposed to like track, 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 track. Right. This is an open world where I can build a car but like also have fun with that car. Yeah. So now I'm driving my mystery machine around Scotland <laughs> <laughs> with a horn that plays, oh, what's the song? I think it's like La Cucaracha. <laughs> so whenever I hit the horn, it plays La Cucaracha. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's the mystery machine is driving around Scotland doing that. Nice. And then while my friend is trying to complete challenges, I'm just sitting there like, he'll drive off the cliff, but I'm sitting right by the sign. So you get sort of that Doppler effect of my horn. <laughs> and then or like I'll just say something stupid like jinkies like as he drives. <laughs> and this is where I think I come in saying I have more fun with sandboxes with friends mm. because there you can just get to do really silly things and just have so much fun with it and that is what I like in my sandbox is doing silly things with an audience because I'm vain Fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I like I like directed I like directed co-op experiences. I really I'm, I'm not wish saying I don't. I'm just saying I like to do my own thing sometimes, and I like no, having no, no, someone no. there to be like, 
that's going to enable uh, my silliness. <laughs> yeah, right. And enable no, I my meant, silliness. I meant so like things are theory. things are fun better with friends. Like I really enjoyed the stint of um, last generation games that were like you know story directed co op experiences like Portal Two mm-hmm. and what are they? all the big games uh, or. Um, Splinter Shell Conviction, I think it was, where it had that whole campaign yeah. with the co-op and um, some other games where it's just like, all right, this is just going to be a co-op experience. And like, you could, I, I like moving through the story and just having somebody who's in it with you who can role play and like, we can, you know, invest in the systems of the game. Right. But I get what you, I, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying there's also like argument my, for that as well. My problem is a lot of the games that I've tried on are of two minds about it mm-hmm. where they like a destiny or something like that where like yeah you can you can be do silly things and like goof off and whatnot but there is a story there which will gravitate me personally towards everyone shut the fuck up there's a cutscene going on mm. where like very few people are willing to do that in my experience that's the great thing about Forza Horizon for me whereas is this that, yeah this is just driving around and, like, off no story, friend, but like still whatever. racing yeah, right. So it's funny because we did all, we it. did all the goofing yeah. off with like my mystery machine and his car, and then we got to like an actual race, and we're like, we've been doing silly stuff for the past twenty five minutes. We forgot how to race. Yeah. Yeah. So like I've been taking my like because it's an open world, and when you go to places like you can just cross like the sh- the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, right? Yeah. Sure. So as opposed to following the road, you're like, well, I'm just gonna go this way. Yeah. So like, slam on the throttle and go. See what happens. You know, like you'll fall down a mountain or something like crazy will happen. <laughs> but then you get into the race and you're like, well, now I got to actually race and drive the car like it's supposed to be driven during the race. Mm-hmm. So like you forget that and you're just like, oh, right. I can't go straight. <laughs> <laughs> there are checkpoints now. Yeah. So we yeah. got back into like a race and we're like, fuck, we forgot how to race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so busy cool. driving off of the cliffs. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot how to race. <laughs> Well, well, um, but that was like, yeah, that was a quick Forza Horizon fueled night. Yeah, <laughs> just nonsense. Sounds nice. fun, um, nice. but it was fun, and I got it on Game Pass because I still have Xbox Game Pass. Oh, okay. that's right. And which that's is nice, right. that game just came out, and it was okay. on Game Pass right away. Nice. I'm flirting around with I want an Xbox One X. Mm. Yeah. There's no exclusives that make me curious about it, and now that Game Pass is coming to PC, there's even less yeah. for me personally. Um, um, but I could see it. Like, I there's nothing really on. I mean, Sea of Thieves I got, but I didn't really care for. Um, that's not a game. For I mean, me. it's got to be about the software at the end of the day. If there's yeah. if there's if there's two or three games where you're like, oh yes, I will definitely get into those. Go for it. Well, otherwise, I mean, well, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up, I'm flirting around getting another PlayStation Pro, or just well, here's Xbox here's the thing. One. I love Forza, which is evidenced by how many hours I've put into Forza. Oh. So playing it on there is like. I'm happy about it. I'm yeah. happy I got it for... That can be the game that... You know, oh, as you opposed know. to paying 60 bucks a month, I got that in my Game Pass now and I just download it whenever I feel like it. That is excellent. What I, what I would say is um, it's got to be... Well, I don't know if that's... that's hmm. Maybe... I don't know what Sony's going to do. Either they will wait to see if Microsoft starts gaining ground and then they'll react or if they'll just outright react because they already know you can download PS Now games, right? Did they start that? Because I'm, I, I still haven't so. been I able to check. I, they, well, I, I, think I, they haven't, I haven't checked it myself. They started it when they announced it. But what they don't have is day and date of exclusive releases and they have no incentive to do that because they're market leading and, people are, buying the and people are buying the games. There's, mm. They have no incentive to do that. They literally will be leaving money on the table to do that. Mm-hmm. So, But nonetheless, I... I would be excited if they did something a bit more aggressive with PlayStation Now, 
to make it more attractive. I, I don't think that's happening until the next system. Probably. I think what we get we'll with see. PlayStation Now is what we get with PlayStation Now. I think that they can bake in the new technology and all they've learned into the PS5. And I think it's just like you said. The, and there is no incentive for them to make that package more yeah, attractive there isn't. for what, the next year and a half? Yeah, like, I mean... That thing is coming out in 2020. Last of Us 2, the... What was that? Samurai game? Second uh, Shadows Die Twice. I can see them. I can see them doing... And this is a huge gift of like... All our Sony fans, thank you for a successful generation this whole year. We're blowing out this package. You get to preview it or like you get to play all of these PlayStation exclusive the last year of the PS4 until we head up the PlayStation 5. And then when we kick off the PS5, that is there plus more functionality. Maybe. I could see something like that about be being clever. like goodwill of like, yeah. let's get people into this. And we literally have seven years of excellent gaming for people who want to come in and they're not going to go out and buy all these games for 29 whatever we'll get the $20 or $15 PS Now subscription they'll play all the games that they want and then just like hey so you know PS5 is coming out right yeah hey Moonlighter comes out for Switch tomorrow Yes. Oh, that's tomorrow? Yeah. Nice. My I think bad. I might need to yeah. pre-order and pre... Do they do preloading on Switches? They do. Okay. They I do. think I'm going to need to pre-order I don't know. I So actually, I'm going to take that back. They've been heavily marketing Pokemon Let's Play. And Let's like, go, yeah. I know that it says download and preload now, gotcha. but I don't remember actually seeing that on other things. Yeah, I've been waiting for Moonlighter on Switch just because it sounds excellent. I've seen you play yeah, it. I really want your take it, on it. I really want that game to be something that yeah. I play and on it's, my it's not a, Yeah, it's definitely not work. an online game. I think it's like a really good, like, I yeah, can see the like, player I'm going to go into a dungeon for this train trip. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's that's what I need. I need to, like, I need Sweet. that as a I really wish Dream So you should expect that I can talk about that tomorrow. So before, before I bought... Dream like I said, daddy. I kind of lied. I'm going to buy it. Okay. Like it's in my cart. I just forgot to press. So buy. next week you can look forward to Dream yeah. Daddy and Moonlighter. And I'm not gonna well, say on, that I'm gonna on, talk on, about Honey Pop. But, but I, they, I went on like Reddit <laughs> before I pressed buy, and then they were being cagey. We cannot confirm or deny that Dream Daddy is coming uh, to the Switch. And I'm just like, ugh, fuckers. Uh, I said I'm just gonna buy it. It's 15 gotcha. bucks on PSN, so okay. I'll just get it there. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's it for I think us. This rounds it out. Uh, yeah. How do we do on time today? Long episode, uh, short episode. Probably one one forty, one forty five. I'm not sure. But. We'll work on getting these condensed down a little bit. Maybe. We like to talk. We really like to talk. Hopefully, you like to listen. This is this was a sloppy ish one, but I'm okay with that. Well, it's, yeah. it started out rough because I had such a bad morning. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I was, well, really, I was really angry right before we started recording. Not because of us. Because not because of, of you guys. Because of work, but because. I was so angry, like it threw me off completely. <laughs> like I had to recover from it over the course of the episode. Fair enough, I was just like, Ugh. yeah, well, it happens. Yeah. But I think that's that's where we'll we'll leave this one. Sounds yep. good to me. You can you can find us on the Twitter, Twitter, no, and Instagram, uh, and Instagrams. Yeah, I didn't even get to do the outro. Either. Like I've been all off today. I, I I figured as much. I was trying to make eye contact to see if you would jump into the outro, no. but it didn't happen. And so I think I that's where we're gonna wrap up today's episode. You can always <laughs> find us on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll see you guys on the next one later. Peace. Okay.